My mother always tells me to smile and put on a happy face. She told me I had a purpose. Welcome to the Suicide Squadcast. This is the DC Universe podcast. We discuss the DC Extended Universe movies and TV shows. Yeah, we're all big fans of what DC Comics is doing in the big and small screens, so we want to make sure we talk all about it. So thanks for joining us tonight. Let's get started. My name is Tim. And I am Scott, and we are the Suicide Squadcast with a highly anticipated episode. (laughs) Uh, I am so freaking excited about tonight. I can't even tell you how excited I am. (laughs) We are finally doing it, folks. We are doing a commentary track for Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice Ultimate Edition. It is here in your feeds. Are you ready? Uh, I'm I'm absolutely ready. I've been looking so forward to this thing. Okay, so we, I guess we kind of need to kind of back up and uh, talk about why we've been wanting to do this. Now, we are going to basically be giving you our commentary track on this film. And let's be clear, we're not going to give you all the little nuggets and insight and deep meanings of every little scene and all that. We are fanboying the crap. <laughs> We are going to fanboy this film tonight because if you want to listen to something else, like if you want to listen to uh, great, fantastic, well thought out commentary, um, I'm going to give you the first podcast. Go listen to Mosaic, Doc Awkward. He's the podcast that really inspired me to kind of get into podcasting and and really, really start the show, Scott. I mean, let's be clear. Go listen to that show. You're going to get deep insights into this film, into Man of Steel, especially, and anything else pretty much as Zack Snyder has done. It is a fantastic podcast. Go listen to it right now. Well, not yet. If, let's finish this one first and then go listen to it. And then if you don't want to hear just flat out fanboying, if you want to, if you want meticulous breaking down of this film, literally minute by minute, and spend about 20 to 30 minutes per minute breaking down what's in this film, I can recommend you go listen to BVS by the Minute with Andrew Dice and Stephen Colbert. It just started this summer. They're on about minute 40. They're in the minute 40-ish right now because I got caught up over this past weekend that is an excellent podcast I can highly recommend yep and uh, so we we've kind of been teasing that we wanted to do this event and uh, we were originally going to do this thing uh, just for Patreon uh, Scott and I had kind of talked about this a while ago we you know we did a Man of Steel one like how many years ago like almost almost two years ago almost two years ago yeah yeah so we did a Man of Steel commentary it's been out there for just the patrons for the longest time we finally published it to the main feed we were going to do the same thing for Batman v Superman but we we got super inspired by what's been happening this week and we won't go into great detail but basically it's just been a week of just kind of leading up to you know just kind of building up the enthusiasm momentum for not only supporting Zack Snyder but of course you know what we've all been kind of fighting for here um, we want to see the Zack Snyder version of Justice League and so we decided you know what um, there is a you know th- there's been a movement online uh, RT Snyder cut on Twitter 
they've been helping to kind of coordinate uh, different things this week. And one of the things in particular that they've co- been coordinating is to go and support Zack Snyder's other film uh, that you know we're also enthusiastic about, or at least one of the other films, which is Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice, the Ultimate Edition, uh, on Saturday. And so we reached out to Scott and I said, "Let's do this. Let's go ahead and finally get this thing done. We'll put it out on Saturday." So that's what we're doing tonight. And so yes, uh, Carrie Vanderberg, we are in fact putting this out on Saturday, as you can now see. Yes, and yes, Roger White, we will try to keep the "Why did they cut this?" down to a minimum as we're watching this movie. <laughs> we cannot do three hours of "Why did they cut this?" Yes, uh, uh, no promises, but we'll do our best. <laughs> we'll do our best. <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, so guys, this is a three-hour and two-minute film, and we're going to do every single minute of it. We're going to talk through the credits. It's every it everything. Yes. So brace yourselves. <laughs> brace yourself. Yes, and Andrew Dice and Stephen Colbert, you guys are doing it by the minute. You're only 40 minutes in. We're going to get all three hours and two minutes done. We're going to get that all done tonight. <laughs> Boom. Boom. Take that. Take that. No, go listen to their podcast, seriously. All right, a couple quick announcements here, guys. You know we are, are part of the Squadcast Media network of shows. Of course, have our show. Uh, we'd like to tell you, go listen to DC TV Squadcast. Uh, we have Fans Without Borders. We have DC Comics Squadcast. We have another new show that's going to be starting real soon. It's a surprise. Hang hang tight. Uh, that's coming up. And don't forget to go over to Patreon. Yes, this this commentary will not be a Patreon exclusive, but do not worry, patrons. We're cooking up something else special for you guys over at patreon.com slash Squadcast Media in lieu of the fact that we're going ahead and releasing this BVS commentary to the public in the main feed. So To the people. To the people! <laughs> the people! <All> right. <laughs> oh, I'm thinking of what What was that? Superman 3? Superman 4. Yeah. <laughs> Superman 4. Oh, that was awful. This this movie is not awful. Not so. No, no this is amazing. <laughs> this movie is absolutely amazing. Guys, we're going to try to help you understand what we appreciate about this film. Let's get started. What do you think, Scott? Uh, excuse me. <clears throat> Funnel Fairy Bunder Bar. Funnel Fairy Bunder Bar. <laughs> mm. Yes. <laughs> okay. And I was so thankful when I got closed captioned, so I finally knew what he was actually what saying. What he was saying. <laughs> yes. We'll get there. We'll get That's there. That's coming. All right. So, guys, what we're going to do is I'm going to go ahead and count down, and I'm going to say three, two, one, play. Okay? When I do that, have this thing queued up. If you have not downloaded the film uh, on your iPad or if you've got it queued up in your your Blu-ray, however you're going to watch this thing, if you're going to stream it, uh, get it there when it's about ready to start. And when I say play, you hit play. And it'll be the next three hours and two minutes from that point on. Ready to do this? I'm ready. Okay, guys, we are all set. Uh, Scott, take one more drink of water. I, I got coffee. I got three hours to get through. What do you get <laughs> thinking? Water. <laughs> I got my coffee. I got my Grand Marnier and I got my water. So I'm good to go. Okay. All right. Ready? Ready. Three, two, one, play. Okay. We are finally doing this thing. I got leaves. Got leaves, leaves. over the logo. This music is just so absolutely beautiful. When uh, Every time I put this thing on and start hearing this thing, it's just like the tone and the, the, the feeling that he just kind of created with this film is just amazing. Uh, and, and this, and this Ben Affleck narration, it's, it's like, what? It, it's that thing that when you're watching it for the first time, you're like, what am I watching? Yeah. Oh, it's so, it's just so beautiful here. You know, you got the Wayne Manor off in a distance and, and you see, Bruce running off as a young boy. You can only imagine like what's going through his head right now. I mean, he's just trying to run away from it all. I mean, imagine what this boy saw, right? Right. And then I love the fact that oh, in the credits, it even say Ultimate Edition. Yes. As we as we zoom in on the Waynes leaving the movie theater. Of course, we get our first shot of the Excalibur poster. Yeah. You see the, the, 
Mark of Zorro poster because, of course, they're yes. supposed to be seeing a Zorro movie. Mm. Yeah, and, and how much those Excalibur references are going to come to play later. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, this is just fantastic. This music just really just prepares you emotionally, I think, for like what you're about to see. And, you know, how many times have we seen the Wayne murders? I've lost count of how many times we've seen the Wayne murders. This is by far the most haunting version I've seen because it's it's shot so beautifully and, you know, with the music and then, you know, cutting in with Bruce just continuing to run. And uh, this scene right here where I love this shot from Larry Fong where the camera oh, just Oh, when flips, it goes upside down? It goes upside down. Yeah. It's just so symbolic of his, like, his whole world being turned upside down. And 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 I could completely grasp the fact that the version of the the Wayne murders that we're watching is totally like the Frank Miller Dark Knight Returns yeah. version of the Wayne, especially how it focuses on the the shell casings, yeah, and then you know getting the <sighs> yeah. gun caught up in Martha's pearls. It's yeah. like, oh man, this is Miller. And just the perspectives, you know, you're basically seeing what she's seeing right now. So heartbreaking. And the look on Bruce's face as he's falling. Oh. Oh, and then it busts it bust the pearls. Yeah. And then this shot right here, I always am just so in awe of, like, you look at Damon Caro's eyes. Because even he is almost, like, stunned by what had just happened. the silent scream like you didn't need to hear him scream that was perfectly played in my book and, and what gets me is like this scene right here with thomas reaching out to martha and his dying word being martha and you see the light go out of their eyes and it's like yeah you don't even know yet the first time you watch this movie how important that's going to be right and then those pearls drop right there. Yeah. And at first I'm thinking, oh, he had the necklace with him. And then later on you realize, no, that should have been your clue about right. something very disorienting that's about to happen in like <laughs> two minutes. Yeah. Bill Finger. First shout out to Bill Finger yes. ever on screen. That was such an exciting moment. Yeah. All those bats. Yeah. So, of course, this is, you know, this has been well played out through the origins of, uh, you know, young Bruce Wayne in the Batcave. Okay. And then, of course, this was the WTF moment of why is he, why is he floating? Yeah. What's, what's, I'll admit, first time I saw this on opening night, I was like, what's going on? I Mm -hmm. don't understand. Of course, that pearl should have been my hint of, hey, it's a dream. But, I mean, just the change in the score, it's just so epic what's going on right now. You're just, I mean, it, you're just seeing him go towards the light. I mean, it, this is just, it all ties in, you know, when you when you finally get the whole idea of what this film's all about. Oh, yeah. And directed by Zack Snyder. And, and he even says, in the dream, they took me to the light. It's like, well, okay, he was dreaming. Yeah. Oh, and this on the white screen, yeah. the black text. I still love how it says the Superman. Yeah, it's fantastic. And you know, and I will say this: for as much flack as Man of Steel got about the destruction, 
they were basically, and I say specifically here, Zack Snyder was basically like, yeah, there was a ton of destruction and I'm going to double down on it. Well, not only am I going to double down on it, I'm going to make the point, yes, it was a lot of destruction. That's the yes, point. Yes, that was the point. That was absolutely the point. In this scene, too, I mean, people, there's been some great videos out there where all these scenes have kind of been timed with Man of Steel and interwoven between what was happening from the perspective in Man of Steel versus this film. It's pretty amazing the detail and the amount of effort that they went into to really get this to kind of sync up. Yeah, I remember Father's Day a couple of years back. I got to stay home and just kind of have, you know, some solo time. And I watched Man of Steel and Batman v Superman back to back, looking for those kind of things. Like, yeah. how well does this match up? And it was pretty darn good. <laughs> and I remember seeing some of the behind the scenes footage of uh, them doing some of the stunt work with a car racing through the city, uh, the streets of Detroit. And it was so great to actually see those. Those scenes at the time, because we were all so excited about this film that was being filmed in uh, Detroit area, and to actually see it being played out on film. And just the way this was cut, like, you could just see, like, even Batman knew his way around Metropolis. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, the crashing of the, yeah. of the scout ship. I just love the interconnectedness. Like, it... it at this point, you know, it's been three years since we'd seen Man of Steel. Yeah. And yet it this scene just brings it all right back. Completely. Especially this scene coming up. Oh, w- yeah, with the Phantom Zone? That and then also like, uh, you know, Zod and his, uh, you know, the his heat vision coming out through the building. Well, we're not there yet, though. I know, but it's coming up. Oof. Oh man, and I remember seeing the photos of the the shooting of, you know, Bruce yeah. Wayne running through the, the streets scene. and like yeah. having absolutely no context of what's happening. No, no. Oh man. And this scene here too where you see Superman flying through the air crashing right below him. Yeah, knowing that this is the same building that in Man of Steel has the keep calm and call Batman poster yes. in the office building. <laughs> right. And this is synced up completely accurately with Man of Steel. I always find it interesting that Jack's praying. I always found that to be a nice touch. Sure. It it you, it, com- it communicates so much about his character when you, we get to see him for basically 60 seconds. And, you know, and there's real lives being affected, you know, when you have these people with godlike powers battling it out. And you can't avoid the... Anyone who's old enough to remember 9-11 is yes. watching this going, yep, I remember that day. Yeah. The horse. The ho- the horse motif that horse, everyone points yeah. out in this movie. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of uses of, you know, a horse in various scenes throughout this film. Oh, one of those cut scenes with the kids. Yeah. And this is something that, you know, we didn't see in the original theatrical release. It's just a great added detail. Well, especially how he just, he just, he finds the girl and he's like, please, yep. please get back there. Yep. Not all heroes wear capes. A 
okay, you 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 know that where my mind went when he said Wally, I was like, okay, <laughs> this can't be, but still, yeah. you can't say the name Wally in a DC movie <laughs> and not make me think of something. Ugh. Poor guy's just lost his legs. Oh, no. And, of course, this scene. it looks like a cross. Yeah. And and not just that. This scene just about broke me when I saw it. Oh, dear God, yes. Being a father of a little girl. Uh, and she played off this scene so well. Oh, absolutely. I, I don't even know how somebody that age could pull this off. just devastating no yeah and then the and then the irony of the fact that what's raining down from the sky but that's the debris of the wayne enterprises satellite that we spotted from man of steel well and this right here you know there's superman fighting for the fate of earth right there and this is where bruce he just starts to zero in on this with that with that batman theme coming in oh yes and then suddenly 18 months later yeah so we get we get a real time context of like you know what's happened since Man of Steel, and then it's just so weird to go from all of that destruction to just this gorgeous shot of the Indian Ocean. Yeah, this is absolutely gorgeous. I'm like, that's called color, people. <laughs> this is what's called color. Yeah, and just the, and the concept of I was very curious because they made it clear that kryptonite was going to get introduced into this film Mm -hmm. and i just loved the idea of it was the terraforming like that's going to be their explanation for how kryptonite ends up on earth right and i thought that was such a brilliant concept instead of it just being meteor rocks which never made all that much sense because his rocket traveled far faster than anything that came from the planet uh some some and some versions of the story it was that the meteor rocks got sucked into the wake of sure yeah of the rocket which that makes sense if you do it that way so and anyone who knows anything about any bit of superman immediately knows that's kryptonite absolutely and then of course we get this wonderful introduction of jimmy you know who we don't know is jimmy yet yeah but in this cut of the movie, we find out. We find out. We don't have to wait till we get to the credits. No, that's right. So I think they filmed this over in uh, New Mexico. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I love how she doesn't shake his hand. Oh no! And she could give ZFGs. N- no. Not a GD thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, you know, the uh, the whole Africa scene. I remember that the theatrical version got such crap for it because it moved so fast. It did, yeah. And I had no problems with it until I want until I stayed up till midnight and watched the digital release of the Ultimate Edition, and then I went, never mind. I understand all the criticisms now. Right, right. It really does. I mean, I, I didn't have a problem either because, I mean, I'm I'm accustomed to trying to fill in the blakes, but it this made it so much easier to understand what the story was all about. But this is completely Lois. She is completely on point 
with the the lowest character that we all know and love. And this just lets the movie breathe so much more. It does, yeah. She gets right to business. <laughs> she doesn't waste any time. Nope. I love that line. I'm not a lady, I'm a journalist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Tension starts to ramp up here. And by the way, an, an old school camera. Oh, absolutely. Look, there's actual film. Yes. <laughs> And this whole scene with the general, all yeah. of this was cut, and it's just it, it it gives the the lead in to understand why this Africa sequence is even in the movie, right? Yeah. And ultimately, we realize just how orchestrated all this was. Absolutely. And Lois is completely, genuinely unaware of what's going on. Then you get this whole you get this whole sequence with the CIA drone. Yeah, I love this. And and this scene from the from the very first Comic Con trailer yes. that I, I by the time the movie came out I was like where were the horses like I'd even forgotten that scene from that first trailer right and then I'm watching this movie going oh there are the horses yep yeah there they are. And it's such a great scene. Like I, I just remember in a trailer I saw that I was like, I want to know what this what in the world does this possibly have to do with this film? Another great line. Of course, KG Beasts just senses, you know, just making sure nothing's up, basically. You know, exactly. there's no Superman coming. The drone isn't there yet. Yeah. God, I love the score. Yeah. So good. And the flamethrower. Yeah. Which doesn't get introduced at this point. No. And this was another scene that was cut, and I, I just absolutely love this one. Oh, when when he flicks off? Yeah. Yes. 
I mean, the guys on the ground are saying, you guys are screwing us all up. And, 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 and having some people and having some friends of mine who have been in the military, that's kind of accurate of the Pretty relationship accurate. between the military and the CIA. Yep. <laughs> and they're just going to sit back and just watch what they created happen. All the stuff that they orchestrated. So orchestrated. Yeah. And then here's Superman taking out another drone. Yep. And that smile. He's got that little smirk like, yep, exactly as planned. And that Man of Steel theme kicks in. Yeah. (laughs) It's a beautiful thing. And of course, like he gives her the look and she immediately knows what she's supposed to do. And she nods back to say, I'm ready. Yep, let's go. So, I mean, just a a ridiculously awful situation that was orchestrated to, you know, against Superman here, which we're going to find out so many more details later, especially in this cut. You mean the cut? This is the only version of the movie that exists. The cut. Not what you're talking about. (laughs) I mean, this is this is such an important sequence, ultimately, which just really gets its due in the Ultimate Cut, Ultimate Edition. Well, it, you understand why everyone is so grr at Superman. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it because you are allowed to actually see the aftermath. Right. You're allowed to see people reacting to the aftermath, especially when you see these Special Forces guys who get absolutely no context right. to what they're walking into. Well, and this is what I love about what Zack Snyder and Chris Terrio did with this, because you've got somebody as powerful as Superman. You're not going to be able to go toe-to-toe with this guy. The way you beat him is exactly this way. You turn the public against him. It, it, was, it was such a devious, you know, devious tactic that Lex had. I remember when Holly Hunter got cast in this movie, and I'm like, who is Holly Hunter going to play? Because <laughs> I got some mad respect for Holly Hunter. Yeah. The central question. Mm-hmm. So ah, and the football scene, which is going to have yeah. so much more importance <laughs> in another really movie yes. we've yet to see. <laughs> ah, and I love the fact that the address is 1939. Yeah. Very subtle. Delta Charlie 27. Yeah. Yep. And then the fact that I did wait until the credits to find out that these two cops are called uh, Rucka and Mazzicelli. <laughs> yeah. Great, playful foreshadowing. I loved it. Perfect use of okay. it. And then, of course, the end is nigh. Uh, who, yeah. <laughs> who, who, what Zack Snyder fan doesn't get that? <laughs> 
And I love this too because because with the police scene here, you didn't get that hard smash cut with the bum 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 bum. Like this flows so much nicer yeah. and so much uh, not just naturally without the weird musical cues like the theatrical the theatrical cut has. Oh, I mean it's perfect too. Like so immediately they're like, "Oh crap, Batman's here." I know, right? Like these these are Gotham cops. They know what's up at this point. Yeah. And this also kind of gives you that sort of that dark night returns feel like where you got the yeah. rookie cop and you have the veteran cop. Yeah. <laughs> and I and I love how these, you know, these captive women just kind of play this thing like they're so scared by what they saw they don't want to come out yet no they're scared of the thing that's saving them yes which should automatically tell you something about batman at least how where his character is at this point in the movie especially now even the innocents are scared of him yeah there's a new kind of mean in him oh yeah so there's Rucka yeah. coming up the stairs. But just take this in. Just pretend that you're this guy walking up, because that's how I felt watching a scene. Oh, God, this is such a horror movie feel, which is perfect for Batman. I mean, listen to the score. You hear somebody, you know, somebody's obviously getting some pain inflicted on them. This guy's scared as all get out. And then such a great, uncomfortable reveal. Oh, there was an F-bomb there. I don't think, I think I've never caught that. In this edition, yeah. Yes. I, w- I have been told there were two F-bombs in the movie. I didn't realize, because I never knew what the, first, the second one was. Yeah. Just found it. Good to know. Listen to the score, guys. Oh, God. The strings. Yeah. And then this scene right here. Oh, there's Batman! Ah! Such a beautiful reveal. And he's just moving so unnaturally. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and I like that. How about you don't shoot the good guys? Yeah. Almost indicating that Batman's not one of the good guys. Right. So very controversial that Batman was branding people. And now we cut to Lois's apartment. Yeah. Which this, once again, it gets kind of funny here because between the theatrical and the ultimate edition, the scenes, these beginning scenes aren't even in the same order. No, they're not. I just want to see what's on that bookshelf. Oh, don't you and me both. (laughs) So she is apparently just getting home from that. But just even the details, like uh, just look at some of the camera work here, just how it's slowly panning around. Of course, Lois doing what Lois does. Of course, being a being an investigative reporter. Yep. And you know the other thing I loved about this too, this apartment design. This was 
this is very much the kind of apartment you would probably see somebody on a, you know, a reporter salary in the middle of a big city. It's not these big glamorous ones you always see with a giant balcony. You know, no. I mean, this is very realistic. Look, Superman smiled. <laughs> Shh, don't tell anyone. Okay. What I love about this scene, too, is that this this feels like the kind of conversations that a real couple would have. Yeah, this is so genuine. It really is. And this is another theme that goes throughout the movies, the idea that he just wants to be Superman and do Superman things. And yeah. she's trying to say, but you got to pay attention to how the public perceives you. Right. And he doesn't get that idea until it's almost too late. Right. Exactly. And that's part of his journey, which makes it so interesting, his storyline. And then, of course, the beautiful, you know, Clark and Lois music comes in. Yes. So much Clois in this movie. <laughs> stop. I'm not going to stop. No. This is for all the fans out there. Okay. Th this scene right here, to me, this was like, this was just, to me, such a completely believable scene because he clearly is in love with her and he just wants to jump in her and just show like how much he loves. And he, he just does something that I just feel like is so human mm -hmm. and realistic. Oh yeah. There's, there's the, the hands. We can't have the hands, <laughs> but interesting though, that the scene where his glasses fall off, that gets cut from this version. Yeah. And then, th and then this introduction of Bruce is in a completely different place. Yeah. Which by the way, I love, I love the idea behind the Batcave. It clearly would have to have a climate-controlled area. Oh, absolutely. I, st I love Jeremy Irons' interpretation of Alfred. Not for lack of trying. Trying. Fun fairy better bar, fun fairy better bar. Yeah. <laughs> I love the idea that he's, that he's tooling around in the Batcave. Yeah. That he's, that he's down there even when Bruce isn't. And he's wearing like that leather apron and stuff. Yep. Like he's 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 a very hands-on Alfred. <laughs> he really is. I mean, all the hats this guy has to wear. I love this casual uh, camaraderie between these two. And not just that. Typical Alfred, like, he's going to put him in his place. Yes, he is. And by the way, and by the way, this whole we're criminals, Alfred, we've always been criminals, that is completely how I've always seen Batman. Not that, not that he's a bad criminal, but he's a vigilante. Therefore, he's a criminal. And, of course, a line taken directly from Dark Knight Returns. Yeah. 
and, and and this look on on Bruce's face where he's like he's not even pay he's not even looking at Alfred because he knows he's in the wrong. Yeah. And it gets pointed out that this scene tells you everything you need to know. Yeah. Yes, Batman's doing bad things. This is the scene where the movie tells you he's doing bad things. And it's not just that. The way Alfred looks at him and responds, and you could see the way he's setting up what he wants to talk to Bruce about. It's it's a weary Bruce Wayne. It's a weary Batman. And I just love that we get to see him at this point in his career. Of course, we now get to see Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor. I have I have never had a problem with Jesse Eisenberg's Lex Luthor. N- me neither. I've, never. I yeah. bought. I've always bought it. And it's kind of funny. Is the more things that have come out in the last <laughs> what, what uh, we're at three years now since this movie came out. Yeah. It seems even more accurate. Well, especially now, the, the way he was portrayed in this film, it was kind of ahead of its time, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. I think so. I mean, just look at what we've been learning about. Uh, you know, entrepreneurs of his like, yeah. Zuckerberg and some others. In his past year. I mean, it's about as similar as you can get. Okay, I have to give complete shout out to BVS by the minute for pointing out to me that this character is supposed to be the scientist who created Metallo. Mm-hmm. I did not catch that all this time. I loved all this because I was reading the prequel comics that were coming out before yeah. the movie. I love that. You could just, his disdain for Superman. Yeah, and I also love the casual mention of the metahuman thesis. Yeah. Because I just heard the word metahuman said in a big screen movie. Right. I'm geeking out <laughs> right now. He plays this so well. And how condescending that he throws in that awful southern accent to a yeah. senator from Kentucky. <laughs> right. He's mocking him. Okay, this leads up to one of my favorite scenes. <laughs> oh, you love this scene. You have always loved this scene. <laughs> I love this scene. I have always loved this scene. And this is great how they spell it out. I love the idea that they built yeah. a complex they would on have to. top of. Yes. Because they can't move it. This is exactly what they would have done. And of course, we're led to believe that this is Star Labs. Right. This Lex Luthor's theme is a thing of beauty. Oh, it's epic. And I love how it just it goes with his steps right here. Yeah. It's time so perfect. Ba boom. And such a 2001 shot right there. It really is. Ah. <laughs> this guy's a master manipulator. I will admit the red capes are coming has always been yes, one of my favorite tracks. And there it is. My next request. 
Okay. I love that he says okay like, oh, well, if you say so. Yeah. Sure. Boom. And the, the change in the score as they're walking up the body. And this is the great thing about it, too, because this is exactly what some of the worst politicians would be like. They will give anything because this is the person who's got the money. This is who they're going to listen to. Oh, absolutely. And once again, I'm watching this movie. I'm watching all these clips, and it's like you're trying to piece together the timeline. Yeah. This is the best part. (laughs) It's Cherry. And then he does this completely inappropriate, uncomfortable thing, sticking his finger in the center of his mouth. (laughs) And this is so weird, too, because, like, in the theatrical cut, he's watching some news report about Batman, and this is supposed to start the the feud between Batman and Superman. Right. And I just love it that it's actually him having to deal with hearing one of those victims, Mm -hmm. you know, talking about what happened in Africa, and that motivates him moving forward it does and and this is got to remember this was all being orchestrated and this was an enemy that superman never had to encounter somebody that you know you know it wasn't like a, a superpowered person like zod or he wasn't having to save like uh, a gigantic stranded ship in the ocean or anything like that this was somebody that had no powers but had this ability to manipulate things and he he was not ready for that he did not see it coming I love the design of Heroes Park. It's it's great. It really is. That statue. I remember when we first saw that statue behind the scenes. And then we got that great little teaser that uh, mm-hmm. Zach put out. Uh, nighttime shot, which didn't wasn't in the moot film. It was just purely a teaser shot. Just slowly zooming into it at night. I mean, I want the statue. I always feel like I always feel like a parent yelling at my child, "Don't do it!" <laughs> right? Don't do it. And by the way, this looks like an actual newsroom. And Perry is just so condescending. He is. So, you got to remember, at this point in time, Lex Luthor has already figured out who Superman is. Right, exactly, yes. He's always figured out who, who Batman is. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's the other thing. I guess we have to touch on it at some point. Like, I love that in this film that they don't even sit there and try to spell it out. It's just understood that when, they, when it's finally revealed, like, 
oh yeah, he knows who these people are. That's not even that's not even something they had to explain. And I love this fairy shot that yeah. really sort of establishes early on the connection between Metropolis and Gotham. Mm-hmm. And this whole scene with Clark going to Gotham, I love it because that is something that's definitely missing in the theatrical cut is really a lot of Clark. Yes. Did you ever feel like that the theatrical cut felt more like a Batman movie with Superman in it? It really did, yeah. And we talked about it at the time. And this is the stuff we needed. Like, th- this really explains, like, his motivation. He sees these scenes. You could see him starting to really take the stuff to heart. And and this all reinforces, like, why he was... And I, by the way, I love this new line. Oh, God. He's hunting. Yeah. <laughs> And then it goes straight into this scene in the Fight Club, yeah. which is him hunting. I mean, yes. it's just wonderful transition. <laughs> yeah. Why you'd cut that scene out, grr. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it really made it really made thematic sense in this film. And I love this that, you know, like you said, he's hunting, you know, he's watching, you know, KG Beast working his way to get close to him. What do you think he told him? <laughs> he probably said something about, you know, probably some sort of tell. Yeah. You know, something. you can read him when, yeah. you know, he's going to throw a punch or something. Great line. Not all, I'm sure. And that's Zach's hand. Yep. So these transitions are fantastic. Yeah, and this information he has on Batman makes so much more sense that he's actually been to Gotham and done some research instead of just seeing random news report on TV while he's making breakfast. Absolutely. I called him Smallville. Yeah. And I love that line, American Hunters Die with Robert, Martin, and John. Yeah. Because unfortunately, only people of a certain age are going to understand what that line means. Mm-hmm. God, and the sass. Mm-hmm. The sass that Perry has in this entire scene. Mm-hmm. Which makes so much more sense if you have all that dialogue from the extended Africa scene at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, it really does. But even Perry White, like he realized that, yeah, she's she is onto something. Like Ouch. (laughs) Like as much as he wants to, you know, cater a little bit more towards like the the yellow journalism type headlines, he, he does realize that this is something significant. She needs to go forward with it. And there again, the, the idea that he's being set up mm-hmm. because they specifically requested him to be at that right. library thing. Right. So I've always had this feeling that Perry White knows exactly who Clark it really is at that moment. 
Yeah, you've said that for a while now. Yeah, I still feel that way. I don't believe a word he says, by the way. No. Just everything is manipulation with him. But Jesse Eisenberg has got the eye acting. He does. And what's great about this is, like, we're actually seeing a young Lex Luthor. Like, you can see the roots of what he's going to become. Oh, absolutely. And for as many people who are like, this isn't Lex Luthor, go read Birthright. Right. And it always amazes me that Mark Wade can't even realize they are playing <laughs> off of his interpretation right. of Lex Luthor. The tapping of the fingers is great. God, so unnerving. It's very unnerving. Just love how the senator just stands up to him. Yep. Of course, setting up a later scene. And I think that's the moment he realizes, I'm going to kill you. Yeah, absolutely. And a score. When it comes in. Oh, of course. Yeah. So, just... You take in what he just said there, like how incredibly intelligent and smart that dialogue is. That's that's why every time I watch this film, it's just like I'm just marvel at what they what they achieved with this film. Oh, and the and the fact that you hear throughout this scene, which we now know is a dream, mm-hmm. the idea of you hear the world engine sounds, mm-hmm. like this is totally. Totally fitting into his PTSD. It is, yeah. Compound. I mean, first he's got his parents murdered, and then it's compounded by the Battle of Metropolis that just jacked him up even more. Yeah. Let me get these little weird nightmarish horror elements. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) And Jamie jumped. That creature that's about to bust out of that tomb. Yeah. They had an action figure for that, and I own it. I was going to bring that up. I do too. Jamie jumped so bad <laughs> during the scene. Of course, everyone refers to it as Man Bat. And then you get the random, you know, nobody girl in his bed. And all the alcohol and all the pills. Yeah. And you're just like, Bruce, man, you've got a problem. He's in a bad place right now. I do love the design of this pen, of this lake house, though. Yeah. It's just so weird that, like, it's, it's a glass. Like, the wall is a window. Mm-hmm. It's one big window. Yeah. And it's like... 
you know, whenever it was that he made a decision that he wasn't going to live in a mansion anymore and not, you know, fix it up because we still don't know what happened there. I think I think Snyder has suggested that it was just decay. That he just never he just never lived in it. And it just went to rot. Yeah. I just love how these two men are just on the same level. Like there yeah. there truly is a mutual respect here. Yeah. And not just that. As soon as Bruce wakes up, he's he's back in Batman mode. And this whole th- getting the invitation makes so much more sense when you also get that extra dialogue that said that Clark Kent was specifically requested right. to be at that library function. And I always kind of wonder, like, you know, knowing that Lex Luthor knows that he is Batman at this point, just how many girls did he plant, you know, into his life so that he can, you know, they can maybe get in there and who knows what they did, plant bugs or something. Like, you just feel like, you know, he would have had to go in there and get more information, get more uh, get more stuff on him so that he could figure out how to manipulate him. Oh, the Robin suit. Yeah. Uh, just another great, just another little great element they added in her. They just tease you with it. And there's no explanation about what the story is. And like to this day, every time I see it, I'm like, I want to know what that story is so bad. Yeah. Oh, and the Aston Martin DB3 yeah. just yeah. makes me happy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was a scene, there were production shots that, that that is supposed to be Dick Grayson that died. Yeah. Like there was there was a Dick Grayson tombstone. There was, yeah. And every time I see these shots, I think of that great trailer we got. Oh yes. <laughs> and what's great about this thing is is as off kilter as Lex is through this entire thing, you could just see all these people's just still kind of kissing up to him. And there's Gaul starting the tradition of uh not getting a drink. Yes. Which continues in this movie and into Wonder Woman, how she right. never takes a drink. Right. Back to business. I love the fact that Clark can hear the radio. That was such a great way they played that out. (laughs) I love the look on (laughs) on Gaul's face. On Wonder Woman's face. (laughs) Oh, dude, you solely don't get this. Yeah. That's totally not how that story goes. Yeah, that was so well played. great look on Mercy's face that she even knows what's up. Oh yeah, she knows exactly who he is. It's like all going according to plan. Oh, I love this scene. 
Love those shoes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I love the fact that even Alfred's taking a drink at yeah. that point. It's like, I've been doing this for 20 years. And that's a real senator there, I think, right? Yes, it is. Debbie Stabenow, I think. I don't remember her name, but I'll I'll trust you on that one. It's fun to go back and watch this and just realize how subtly Gaul was there the entire time. Right. You can see Bruce not at all interested in this conversation. So they know who each other is at this point. Great line. Yeah. This entire dialogue was in one of those trailers, too. Yeah. Such a great conversation. Yeah. And I love how he says, freaks dressed like clowns, and he just glances down at him. Mm-hmm. Like, he's like, it's like saying, I know who you are. Great irony there. Right. More uh, subtle foreshadowing. And this is just like Lex marveling at, like, look what I have done. I have brought these two together exactly as planned. (laughs) My R&D is up to all sorts of no good. And I love that, too. Clark, again, just looking over. He goes, still listening in. Mm Mm-hmm. So, I have always loved how Affleck plays Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. He he nailed it. My problem with other on-screen narrations of Batman, it was like I either love their Bruce Wayne or I love their Batman. Yeah. And I got to tell you, Ben Affleck was the first time that I was like, you nailed uh, when I, live action. Right. You nailed every aspect of the character. He did. He did. Yeah. And such an interesting era of Batman we just rarely see. You know, just the weariness of, you know, doing this for 20 years. Because he gets the Playboy Bruce Wayne, he gets the Bruce, and then he gets the Batman. Yep. And my God, was he jacked at this point in time? Dear goodness, yes. So there we go. Superman puts it all aside. He's got to go save people. (laughs) 
I wonder what it would have been like to see this movie and not already know that she was Wonder Woman. Yeah. And this right here is just so beautiful. You know, you save this girl and you can just see all the people around him are just like, they're looking at him literally like a god. And he's like, I don't want to be looked at like a god. He's just so uncomfortable at this moment. I love this sequence in the movie with all the talking heads. Yeah. And that's that's the thing about I love about this film in general because you know, if you were to plop Superman down into the real world, this is exactly what would be happening. Oh, without a question. Without question. I mean, and even the comics have tackled this kind of story before. Right. They have, yeah. But it's it's so refreshing to actually see it put into such a substantial film like this. It was kind of fun seeing wood burn again. Yeah. <laughs> And I love the scene here too. You see all these people like in in great peril right now, and he's just hovering up in the sky because he's you know he's clearly like listening to see you know where else you know who else needs help. You know, obviously these people are safe for now. He's like searching for other people that he could rescue. But it just kind of reinforces this whole idea. Like everybody's like treating him. You know, like a god, like a deity, and and he's not wanting to be like that. I love this scene where he calls his mom. Yeah. I miss this in yes. the theatrical cut. Yeah. Well, this is such a real thing. Like, he's having all these existential, like, doubts and struggles right now. He needs to talk to mom. And I just love getting to see more Diane Lane in this movie. Yeah. You can never have too much Diane Lane. No. Ah, Jenna Malone. <laughs> All the shenanigans over the <laughs> casting of Jenna Malone yeah. and who she who was is playing. Who is she really? She's a lab assistant.
It's a great line. It's a great line. And it and it builds into that investigation that gets completely gutted in the theatrical version. Yeah. Of course, this this thing that Batman's doing to strike fear into his, you know, uh, it, you know the the thugs and all that right now, totally being used by Luther now. Right, because in the theatrical version, you actually questioned if that's what the bat brand was actually doing. And yeah. I remember I got to I could take a victory lap when I figured out that Luther Luther was playing this. Yeah, I remember I when we did our ultimate edition review, I remember going. I want the audio because <laughs> I right. nailed this. And here we are. The next step in the manipulation. I'm glad I'm glad they scrapped the plans to turn him into Metallo. Yeah. Yep, there's your second F bomb. Yep. The movie gets an R rating now. <laughs> yep. Oh, what a cold line. Hope you stand for something. You're mm-hmm. a jerk, Luther. He really is. But that's completely what his character is in this film. And this is the other thing, too. Like, so clearly Luther saw this guy on TV, saw his story. I'm like, I can use this guy to my, you know, to to meet my goals and my aims here about what he's trying to do to take down Superman. It's just one of the most evil things. <laughs> you know, it's one of the most evil depictions of Luther on the big screen. It's subtle, but like the thing he's doing. And here's the scene that just telegraphs, yes, it's Luther's plan to get these certain criminals yep. executed. Mm-hmm. So just another scene that was cut out that just adds so much explanation and context of what's going on. Here's Martian Manhunter. How you beat me to it? Okay. (laughs) I love Lennox. He's such a good actor. I love that line. Mm-hmm. Balls like yours, you belong in here. I love that. Yeah. What's great about this too is Lois doesn't give any crap. Like she's gonna walk right into the men's bathroom. She's on point. I just love the continuity that his character is here. I mean, Ferris is even there. Mm-hmm. Yep.
I love that line because it's not 1938. Yeah. Yeah. Again, another throwback to the first year Superman appeared. And that was a great line that it was in the trailer. Yeah, it was. I'll admit, this this Jon Stewart bit is the only part of the Ultimate Edition that I'm just like, eh, you could have left that part out. It's just more media, which I feel like there's been enough mm-hmm. media reaction to Superman at this point. Yeah. But, I mean, culturally, I mean, that would be everything everybody talks about. Uh, what's this song called? The score? I I'm I'm at a loss to be honest with you. Oh, she has her drink. Yep, and you're gonna watch her put it down right there. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so subtle, but so consistent. And I love it. She looks at it and goes, mm, "Yeah, that's not it." <laughs> I ain't got time for you. Yeah. <laughs> I love how he grabs her arm. And I love when she looks at him looking at his arm. <laughs> He's yeah. like, you want to take like, that hand off right now. <laughs> yeah. You're lucky I didn't just rip your arm off. And this look she gives him when she turns. Such great lines. I love this interaction between these two. Yeah. And you know what I love about all this? That's just a power it, move, just it, walking it, off. It really is. But you know what I love about all this? Like, you, the first time you're ever seeing these guys interact with each other, talking about Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman, it's all completely in their, you know, their alter egos, right? Exactly. It, and it's great because you, you really kind of build up this very much more human side of things before they get into, like, you know, the superhero side. I think, I think it was very well played. And then this, and then this scene. blew my freaking mind. <laughs> what I, you have to is admit, you're watching this scene going, on. "What am I watching?" Yeah, you just see the the giant fire pits off in a distance, and and then you see that omega symbol. Oh, the omega symbol. Oh my god! Destroyed Metropolis.
I know the scene confused some people in you know the general audience that were looking at this thing didn't really understand what was going on. But my God, I saw this and I was like, oh my God, there's something much larger going on that I have no idea what it is and I cannot wait to find out more about it. Especially with who shows up at the end of the scene. Yes. And by the way, the Nightmare Batman or Desert Batman, whatever you want to call him. Night- we call him Nightmare Batman yeah. in this house. It, it's it got to be one of my favorite Batman looks I've ever seen on the big screen. I mean, they even used it in the comics. Yes, they did. Yeah, I mean, because of the film. And there's something just so disconcerting about seeing Batman carrying a yeah, automatic rifle. Yeah. Like what in the world has happened that he's gotten to this point? And by the way, this look in his face when you see his eyes when he realizes it's not kryptonite. Do you remember when we saw this in a trailer? We're like, what in the world is going on? Oh, you better believe it, because I even got the Funko Pop of these Superman (laughs) soldiers. Yeah. I remember listening to this track on the soundtrack album, just wondering, what the heck is this music? Yeah. And this is all largely one take here, too. One continuous scene. Oh, yes, absolutely. With Richard Citrone in the costume. And I remember hearing him interviewed about this thing. He said he was just so exhausted when they actually got a chance to film this thing. So he says he looks back at it now. He wishes he was a little faster. But I think it looks great. And the freaking parademons! Yes. Freaking <laughs> parademons come flying in! And we had no idea that was going to come. No, we saw a little bit of this in a trailer. We had no idea there were parademons. We did not. <laughs> and, and there's... You know, they're swooping in, taking bodies off the ground and flying off. And then, you know, this whole thing where Batman's just starting to get overcome, and you see all these parademons coming from behind. And this last shot. Can I just tell you how incredible that Batman mask looks? Oh, absolutely. You can talk about that all day, yes. What they decided to put the scowl on him. Oh, it's it's fantastic. This terrified me. I remember seeing the shot in the trailer trying to understand, what am I watching? Yeah. Wow. He's actually he's actually frightened at this moment. Oh, absolutely. The stuff we know now. Oh my god, Scott. I know such context for the scene. Yeah. Uh, 
and I love the I love the paper flying yes. in the background. That's the thing that lets you know it's not actually a dream. That did happen. Yeah. I just remember seeing this scene in the theater, and I was just like, "My God, this story is going somewhere incredible!" And I cannot wait to like, you know, obviously it was it was done as like a tease, you know, and we were going to be building up to what the story is leading up to, and it's like that's the part that frustrates me so much. Again, being manipulated. Well, because now it's confusing because it's like you didn't get the payoff. No, no, absolutely not. Manipulation, manipulation, manipulation. I got to talk about the fact that they use Polaroids. Yeah, of course. It's so weird. There's something sinister about Polaroids. And I just love watching Alfred in, like, a jumpsuit. Yeah. Being a mechanic on the Batmobile. <laughs> right. And this sequence is just a powerful scene. Well, and the red screen behind him as yeah. he's just boiling over with rage. Yeah. I mean, it, that was not an accident. Of course not. There's no way that was an accident. Alfred knows what's up. Mm -hmm. And how can you not just look at that man's eyes and go, you have lost it? Yeah. And even Alfred's sitting there telling you, you are wrong. Yes. I mean, Alfred obviously loves him like a son. He's doing whatever he can to try to steer him back in the right direction, but he's he's just so far gone at this point. And once again, an important scene here that just informs... The, the movie going forward when it comes to Clark and his opinions about Batman. Mm -hmm. And I like how that one officer just gives him the nod. Yep, there she is. Oh, what, and what an important line right there. It is, yeah. With what? Your pen? And then she, of course, sets it up, you know. 
The only way you could stop that guy is with violence. <laughs> I, I, no, I just love the humor. He's like, where does he go? Where does he go, Jenny? I, I don't know. Like Jenny's like, I, don't, I, I can't deal with you right now, boss. <laughs> it's so great. And perfectly Batman coming up. There's the guy from the island. <laughs> Such a great shot. And I remember when we saw this, we're like, Batman's got a rifle? We were just so confused by that. Like, why would Batman have a rifle? But it wasn't a rifle. And here we go. This is where the controversy began. <laughs> okay, that's a fantastic Batmobile reveal. You know, I just heard a Wilhelm scream. I heard it too. I've never caught that before. It was very subtle, which I'm like, if you're going to do it, make it subtle. I remember this scene had the had my teeth on edge yeah. watching it in the theaters. <laughs> I was kind of wonder if you're a criminal, why in the world would you try to do any kind of crime in Gotham? What I'm trying to understand is why why are you even trying to shoot guns at the Batmobile? <laughs> How stupid can you be? What else are they going to do? I guess, right? I I know. But it reminds me of that line from the animated series where they're like, "Hmm, must be new in town. <laughs> right. So, so I wonder if this is a relatively new addition to the Batmobile. And this is another one I remember seeing some of the little spy footage from some of these scenes being filmed. <laughs> and I'll even say that watching this scene in the theaters made me uncomfortable with all the the guns on the Batmobile and yeah. you know all the goons getting killed. Like it it made me uncomfortable. And the point is is that it's supposed to. It's supposed to. Yeah. That was the point. You get the obligatory truck pulling out in front. <laughs> that was a little cliche. Yeah. But I did like this. But I also just love this scene. I just love the scene where, like, the Batmobile can just go straight through a brick wall. Yeah. It's like, I'm not going to go underneath the truck like you usually see. I'm going to go through the wall. 
And this was another one of these great scenes, which I wish I didn't know before the movie. <laughs> He's just plowing through everything. <laughs> it's just another great Batmobile scene. I mean, we've saw Christopher Nolan do that kind of thing. Where it just kind of ramps up the tension. All of a sudden, the Batmobile just blasts out of something and comes flying through. And what's great about this whole scene is, like, you have all this chase scene, and you're all focused on this, and all of a sudden, there's Superman standing there. And the headlights come on him. <laughs> Batman has got the ultimate, holy yeah. crap, yeah. look on his face. <laughs> and this is some cape porn. It really is. This is total cape porn. I'm slowly walking up like this. But Batman is not intimidated, just stands right up to him. And with all the lead up to this, with him going into the tenement and then talking to the dead convicts you yeah. know, girlfriend there's just so much more to this scene now it really is he's just like do I bleed I'm not worried about you and of course you know and this is what's great about Superman's journey completely underestimating Batman Because if you're really going to believe there's ever going to be a Batman that can kind of stand side to you know side by side to Superman, he he's got to be able to do these kinds of things. You know, you you have to be able to believe that Batman could find a way and would have it all figured out about how he could possibly stand up to this person. And there's something I just love about this shot of cowardless cowlless Batman. Yeah. Because they would do that in the comics and the miniseries all the time where he just yeah. pulls the cowl off and there he is standing in the costume. Yeah. So he's very lucky his Batmobile didn't wipe out that sensor. <laughs> <laughs> and I always kind of, I always love the things that they do for the audience. You know, like, I'm going to make it painfully obvious this is a, you know, a tracking device. So I'm going to have it like Blinking and making noise. Beeping at the same time. Yeah, beeping. <laughs> That's purely for the audience. And there it is. The classic shot of somebody having that green, the green light reflect up on her face. I've always been interested in just like how involved Mercy is in all of this. Like, she seems just as proud or excited about this whole plan as Lex is. And, of course, she's highly disposable. Shockingly so. <laughs> yeah. And I love Lois's instincts here.
and his senator got right sucked right into Lex's trap. Dumb. Mm-hmm. Bubble. I just 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 love how subtly there's Lex's theme. <laughs> yeah. And see, even this scene with Martha has even more context concerning that they've already had a conversation. It does, yeah. Earlier in the film. Right. So she's, you get where her mindset is because she's already heard how much he's conflicted about what's going on right now. And I'm sorry, but the look on Henry's face here, like when he's listening to her, he pulls this thing off so well. Like, that's his mom. Like, she's given him the advice that only she could give. And he doesn't even look terribly comfortable with it. Yeah. His his arc and his journey in his film is so interesting. Like, he, you know, obviously he's going to find a way to try to overcome all these doubts that are really kind of weighing him down right now. But I love the journey, man. And his, this poor woman. And I love that this character gets so much more to yeah. do except for randomly showing up at the beginning of the movie and then never showing up ever again. Yeah. Right. And she knows she's in big trouble right now. And and are you going to argue with getting more Holly Hunter in a movie? Because I'm not. No, not at all. No, because this, this whole, this whole uh, little side story about this woman and how she was kind of manipulated here. And she's trying to let somebody know what's going on. She's desperate at this point. So the purposeful flashback to make it abundantly clear. It all comes together. So this is a great thing. You're just really seeing the depth of all this manipulation at this point. And then they cut right to, uh, you know, Wallace. Who is also being manipulated, you know, much more than we thought at this point. I just now noticed, I don't know why, but that subtle portrait of Thomas in the background. Yeah, he's in the back. I remember a set photo of uh, that painting being brought into a set piece, and <laughs> that was the first revelation that there was the, the portrait of Thomas Wayne. I like this how he kind of turns away. (laughs) 
my god, this this web of manipulation of and then he shows up right at that moment. Of course, he's not returning them. Lex is, you know, mm -hmm. intercepting them and sending right. them back. And it also tells you so much about Bruce Wayne that he has set up a fund mm -hmm. to 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 pay for what happened to his employees. Right. I mean, can you imagine what's going through her mind right now? Well, now we have context for what's going <laughs> on in her mind right now. Yeah. Power can be innocent. The depth of uh, what Chris Terrio did with all the different lines in his film is just amazing. You just don't like, you just rarely get this kind of quality because it, it's, there's so many lines in his film that just kind of like knock you off your feet. Well, and I also love the political drama. Like this is like watching house of cards with superheroes. Right. And I love it. You know, because that's exactly how he would come in. <laughs> and this, the thing about this too, like, you know, he flies, and once he gets down out of the ground, he like he didn't fly right to the top of the steps. He flew down to the bottom, walked all the way up the steps, walked slowly down the hallway, and then you're going to see a part here coming up where when he comes in, he slowly opens up the little uh, little doorway. I know it's so gently. So gently. And I love the the shot of him walking down the hallway, mirroring the walk down the, the bunker where he was arrested by the military in Man of Steel. Right, right. But I mean, sir, this, this shot here, they take time to show that he just very gently opens up that little small door. And that's just is a that's a hint that something's <laughs> wrong because Lex isn't in the room. Yep. And even poor Mercy is starting to put two and two together. <laughs> I just remember this one in the film. What is happening? Well, and once again, and now we've got a lot more idea about why she is so rattled. Right. Yeah. Because she knows what he's been doing. So there's a there really truly is a reason for her to have such fear. Mm -hmm. 
Like, she realizes just how incredibly dangerous he is. Well, she also realizes just how incredibly screwed she is right now. Right. This moment shocked me so much. Why I didn't see it coming, I don't know, (laughs) but I didn't. Yeah. I knew it was going to happen. Like, I pieced it together from some of the the trailers, but there's another horse. So, so here's the thing. Superman, Superman has not quite comprehended just how evil somebody could be at this point. Like up to this, up to this point in time, he's, uh, he's gone up against somebody that's kind of evil because they, they basically want to take control. I mean, you're talking about Zod. He was not prepared for somebody like Lex Luthor and didn't see this coming. And that rage on Bruce Wayne's face. I continue to love Lois' sassiness. Like she's gonna snap her fingers at the at the cop and go, <laughs> yeah. uh, you're gonna let me in, aren't you? Yeah. And this was another scene that I cannot believe they cut this out of the film. <laughs> well, because it shows Superman he's helping with the cleanup. Yes, he's there. Like he's trying to save these people. Like in the theatrical release, he was just gone. And this scene also gives you the opportunity to just see how, like, that one EMT just gives him this, gives him the death, the stink look. Yeah. Like, I, I got this. Yeah. And all the body bags. I mean, it's just, and this look he gives over to Lois is just devastating. Why didn't we get this shot, Scott? <laughs> Jeremy Irons chopping wood. I mean, seriously. I just want more. It's like, who doesn't want more Jeremy Irons? It's like, who doesn't <laughs> want more Holly Hunter? Yeah. I mean, it was a long film. Let's let's be clear, you know. I would have sat through it. I would have too. But like, at the time, like they were so scared to put out something this long. But this was just such a better film. Oh, the irony. Yeah. Oh, the irony. The irony, of course. And I love this scene, too, of Alfred just having the, oh, God. Like, he knows what this is going to do to Bruce. Yeah. Do you think he's starting to catch on at this point? The look almost, the look kind of implies it. I don't think Alfred's catching on to the manipulation. I just think he's catching on to there is just there's no way I can pull him back now. Yeah. <laughs> and this is this is a a sequence that has one of my favorite scenes that was unfortunately cut from the theatrical release. 
the upcoming real subtle scene showing Batman swooping down on the monitor. Totally looking like <laughs> totally looking like the opening sequence to Batman the Animated <laughs> Series. Oh. It even has the white eyes. I mean, they should have found a way to keep that one in. <laughs> and the look on Luther's face in this scene where he's like, okay, he did what I wanted him to do. He just went a little overboard doing it. <laughs> right. But I also love this, like Batman was, you know, sending a message there. And then, but Luther's smiling at it because he's like, yep. "Good, yes, my plan is going as planned." God, the journey they have Bruce on in this film and Clark is just amazing. Such a beautiful moment. She goes up to him. It just, it pains me to see that like Luther's manipulation here is winning out. He just didn't, he didn't know what was happening at the moment. Like, he just didn't see it coming. So this is one of these moments where, this is one of these moments where I was just like, what in the world is going on now? Because you saw him slice the fingerprints off, like, over an hour ago. And now... Now, is this another one of those scenes that's in a different place in the Ultimate Edition as opposed to the theatrical cut? I think it is. I mean, I... Ever since this came out, I've watched nothing but this version. Oh, yeah. You, you and me both. Yeah. I'm sure somebody out there has distilled all this together, but... Oh, and of course we get Carla Cuccino again. Yeah. As the voice <laughs> of the Kryptonian ship. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love that how he couldn't even say it like with, you know, enough Valium the first time. And this is the training montage to yeah. end all training <laughs> montages. Yeah. We get some real Ben Affleck. We also get some stand-in. But it's, it's a, it is it's a great sequence here. And it's just Batman prep time. Yep. <laughs> this is 
you know, this is him saying, I've got this plan now. I'm going to start putting these pieces together. I'm going to take this kryptonite, figure out a way to weaponize it. And which, the thing about this with Batman too, you know, when, ever since, you know, you've had Batman alongside Superman, and especially with the idea that, like, he's always going to try to find a way to beat any kind of opponent. And when the whole idea about, you know, in the comics and, you know, we've seen multiple places kind of introduced where, like, how would Batman take on Superman if he had to? Like, if he ever needed to take him out. And this, to me, has always been Batman. Like, Batman is going to find a way. He's going to be prepared in case he ever has to take out Superman or like a Zod or something like that. Like, this completely aligns with everything we know about him as a character. I still, going back, because you were still talking, I love the fact that those kryptonite grenades have lead written on them. Right. (laughs) Makes it super clear. This was super fun seeing this. Oh, yeah. Before we get into this, though, shout out to Mosaic if you ever want to understand why a spear makes complete sense. Mm-hmm. He has a whole right. episode on the sp- idea of the spear. He does, yeah. So just how incredibly powerful Luther was already at this point. You know, like, he's got all these people identified. (laughs) That theme. That theme. Pulling, you know, and the story behind this, they actually, they actually went to the set of Wonder Woman and got this image, slid it right into the film, and they actually had to recreate it, I think. Yes, they did have to recreate it. Yeah, for the actual film itself. But that's, that's the perfect way to tie in films. Like, I was completely fine with that. It was just enough of a tie-in. This always kind of blows my mind that this is actually, you know, this is not actually Michael Shannon here. This is all just, you know, prosthetic. I know. So good, though. It really, it's really good. Well, of course, it also helps that, you know, he's supposed to be dead. Right. So if anything doesn't look quite lifelike, it's right. like, well, because it's not. Mm-hmm. He has no life. Yeah. <laughs> Always love a good Icarus reference. Yes. <laughs> Then proceed. And I remember in the Man of Steel special features, there was a hint at Doomsday buried in one of the special features. Right. Yeah. So again, here's Perry White. Like, he knows what's up. This is the scene that tells you, this is the best scene to tell you that he knows what's up. Right. (laughs) 
I remember seeing this one filmed in behind the scenes, like, you know, spy videos. And then this scene. This whole sequence with his father is, it's really one of my favorite scenes of the whole film. And I had no idea Kevin Costner was going to be in this movie. I didn't either. I didn't either. That one surprised me. And all this great Lois Lane stuff <laughs> that was just completely cut out. Yeah. <laughs> setting up the rooftop it really yeah I mean everything just keeps moving forward in this film it's just intertwined with all these other scenes like you're seeing all these different storylines being advanced simultaneously here just Lois being Lois yep investigating connecting the dots so what did that door said? It says keep close evil on something. Did you catch that? I did not catch that. Okay. We can't exactly rewind. It is a commentary. Yeah, I can't do that. So obviously all this manipulated by Lex Luthor. The groceries. Yep. That's so brilliant. The subtle, subtle little thing. That she picked up on. This is completely Lois Lane. We're missing this. <laughs> yeah. It was all right there. So much criticism of the theatrical cut. It was all right there. Yeah. All right there. And that was the scene. I was like, is that, is that it? Holy crap. It is. It is. I will say this, after seeing the scene, I was like, okay, when are we going to see, you know, when are we going to see his father, Jarrell? But this was a great way to do it. You could save Jarrell for later. What a great scene about unintentional consequences. Right.
Right. Love the reference to the Langs. Yeah. Hmm. Such a great, great scene. When I met your mother. And that great line. Which is exactly what Lois was trying to tell him. That the whole idea is she was my world. Right. I mean, this is where he's he's really starting to realize just how much he needs her. I mean, he obviously loves her, but like this was this was like the turning point for him. I still am so intrigued by this mansion. I still feel like something happened in here. That's such a great line. I'm older now than my father ever was. And I also love that other line, criminals are like weeds, pull one up, another one grows in its place. Right. Oh. It's like he's been fighting this battle for 20 years, and he's like, I haven't done Jack. Yep. Which he has, but just the perception that there's always going to be another scumbag. Right. But isn't that the thing about the mythos of Batman? I mean, Batman's been going for like about 80 years. It's just a constant struggle against bad guys. It never ends. Mm Mm-hmm. They were hunters. And here's a great line that was cut out of the theatrical cut. Uh, Such great, such great writing. I need more of this. You know what I love about this too? It's so true today. It's just the talking heads on TV trying to tell us what we should think. And so many people are just so influenced by all that. Well, and I feel like this is, it's another one of those cases where this movie was just ahead of its time. People weren't prepared for how terribly accurate the depiction of the media (laughs) would be in this movie. Right. Oh, that scene, that cut there is phenomenal. And you better believe I have such a geek on for this armor. Yes. I didn't think they were going to be able to pull it off. But I love this part here. Here's Batman setting up his moves ahead of time. Okay, so we're on this rooftop here. Rain coming down. He's going to throw on a spotlight here. I have to admit, I was a bit disappointed that we did not get that awesome teaser scene from Comic-Con. Oh, where, where Superman's actually in the... He was in the shadow... Of the bat signal. Of the bat up in the sky, and then the lightning reveals him. I just remember seeing that scene, and I was just like, oh my god. 
You mean that scene that we saw with really shaky yeah. cell phone footage? And I'll never forget that. It was a fan footage. You know, they snuck a, an image of it, or video. And that guy going, oh, my God. Like, I'll never forget that. Because <laughs> that's what I was thinking, too. But it just goes to show you, they had so many great things to work with. And when they cut out something that intense, it's just a, it's just amazing to me. It's so funny to me also that in this sequence, there's this that Cole Porter song playing in the background. Yeah. And there was another Cole Porter song playing at the library party. Right. Boom. Boom. <laughs> when the Lex music comes in, it's just great. The, the, the drops and the cues, the musical cues in this film are just phenomenal. Because by this time, like it is abundantly clear that this is a theme involving Lex Luthor. So you know exactly you know where she's headed right now. And because we had that rooftop shop established. Right. Which wasn't in the theatrical cut. No. God, the shots. I love the lights. I love the yeah. shadow. Yeah. Oh. Alexa's so freaking evil. He has her up here for one reason and one reason only. This guy is so creepy. I just like you don't touch her. Just don't touch yeah. of her. Because <laughs> he's just invading the personal space. I got to tell you, I don't think I've ever seen a depiction of Lex Luthor that I have hated so much and made to feel so uncomfortable with how evil he is. Oh, I I would agree. I mean, there have been other interpretations of Lex Luthor that I have enjoyed, but this one gives me the creeps. I, I mean. Like, believably evil. Because it's not just how... It's not just how quirky he is, or how evil he is. It's just the fact that he's as evil as he is, and he's so quirky with everything he says. It's just like, you don't know where this guy's going to go. I also love how they pay attention to the physics here. He doesn't just grab her. No. Yeah. A kiss that's much less awkward than the one at the end of Man of Steel. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) As much as I love Man of Steel, that was the one mishap. Oh, that's a cringe. Yeah. This one, however? Not at all. Perfectly appropriate. In this right here, this whole interaction. Boy, do we have problems up here. You are lunatic. (laughs) With an egg timer. Yep. Great line. This whole speech about the problem of evil. Yes. 
how he came down so smoothly. It was filmed so well. Again, not even dwelling on the fact that he knows who he is. Right. It's just a given. I still want to know Fist and Abominations. What's he talking about? And I'm scared. Mm hmm. I love the continuity. They still has his hand bandaged, right? Because he just sliced it open with a knife. Yeah, I remember seeing that in the trailer, trying to figure out why does he have a bandage on his hand. We talked about that so much leading up to this film. You did, yeah. And this is such a great place to have this conversation. With Gotham off in a distance. The bat signal. Right. Well-timed thunder and lightning. Ooh, and that musical cue kicks yeah. in, and I'm just, oh. He fans those things out. This is where this is where Kal-El finally realizes just how freaking evil this guy is. And the stupid grin on his face. And he's just flinging him at him. He just can't even touch him. This shot. Yeah. Oh. Not just that, just the way he delivered that line. When you came here, he had an hour. Now it's less. Ugh, this predicament he's set up right now. It just makes so much sense when you see everything all put together. Okay. This is leading up to the greatest Batman sequence ever filmed. Ever on screen. Ever filmed. <laughs> Not even, there's nothing even close. Nothing. If, if Whatever second place is, <laughs> it is so in the dust <laughs> so far of the away. Martha rescue. And we're not even there yet. <sighs> oh my gosh. 
the whole Martha rescue is just it's just a thing of beauty. Uh, we'll talk about when we get there. We have so much to go through before we get there. I, I, I'm just I, I I can't contain myself, man. I just it's coming, man. It's coming. <laughs> Okay, a little bit of criticism. He was a little wooden here. Like, I feel like if he could have just taken that scene a little bit and just kind of, like, reached out to her or something, like, he didn't have to have so much, like, space between him and her. So I kind of find it interesting that she, you know, with all the stuff going on, that she was still so ready to just take off. What do you think about that, Scott? I don't know. I think it's just she. she's so convinced about how she needs to stay, you know, out of the spotlight. Yeah. <laughs> that gal score coming in. Mm, absolutely. And this scene, but this scene's also in a different location in the Ultimate Edition than it is in the theatrical cut. It is, yes. Yeah. It was earlier, I think, in the theatrical cut. I just still remember seeing that. Like, we actually saw Chris Pine, and then we saw all the rest of the, you know, like... Uh, the cast. The cast and all that. It's just like, it was such a great tease. I, I was so excited to see that film at that point. And then we get this scene where it's like, I'm yeah. getting to see the freaking Justice League. <laughs> the score coming in, just ramping up the excitement, the energy. <laughs> and he doesn't even drop the milk. Doesn't even drop the milk. And the flashing going back and forth, the lightning. <laughs> other than that teaser image right I think this is the first thing we had seen of him yes absolutely yeah this was actually filmed underwater yes God, this scene yeah this one oh, so tears me up like the, the, it, it, this kind of goes back to that whole horror feeling right and i still remember seeing in the theaters you know that little thing down there in the bottom right hand corner property of star labs <laughs> right i mean this this is a horror story i can always use more joe morton in my life yeah and there it is the mother box yes And we, of course, got to see a lot more of that 
in the next film. Unfortunately, we didn't get to see all of it here. He knows. He knows. See, I told you, Scott. Hmm. <laughs> and this IMAX shot. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So there we go. So we do get the lightning reveal of Superman. And that's why they chose to use this one instead of the other one. Here I am. So so again, Superman just wasn't quite ready for Batman yet. <laughs> the little grin on his face. Oh, that whole thing. He just gave him like a little tap backwards, went flying like 50 feet. I know. It, it's, it's, it was so well done, so beautifully done. Do you ever feel like this gauntlet scene is almost like an homage to the scene in Superman 78? It kind of feels like it. I mean, I, there were, there were a lot of homages. I mean, Lois getting in a helicopter. That, of course, played into 1978. Oh, look at this shot. Yeah. So here it is, just like, okay, he's going to make Batman reason with him. He's going to get his attention here. So what do you think Superman's feeling like he has to do at this moment? I think that idea that he's going to have to, I think he's getting it into his head that this man has to be beaten into submission. Mm -hmm. I don't want to kill you. Right. But like that, that, that idea of that, you know, stay down. Like I am going to have to make you heal like a dog almost. And that's a great line. I know. And, and then Batman just keeps pulling crap. Yeah. I always felt like that was lead line gas or something. It felt, yeah, it seemed like it because he obviously didn't see through it, which would have been his natural instinct at that point. Oh, and that <laughs> green gas. I remember seeing that going. <laughs> He's oh. in big trouble. By the way, that line going back a little bit. If I wanted it, you'd be dead already. Another great line. So expertly written. Written. And I got to tell you, the modulated Batman voice really, really worked for me. Oh, so worked for me. And I loved, because this scene from the trailer, when you're like, how did Batman block Superman's punch? Yeah. And the fact that he's already been affected by the kryptonite. Right. And of course, this is also a cool scene, too, because like Batman's the trained fighter. Right. 
as long as you take away the super strength, he can kick Superman's ass from <laughs> Absolutely. here to Metropolis. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this was done in such a way that it was completely believable that like, they can literally battle each other at this point. And he's such a boxer. Yeah. Yeah, he's just using boxing skills at this point. Well, he'd have to with all that armor on him. Right. <laughs> you know, and I've been kind of thinking about this thing. You only could have ever done a Batman v Superman at this stage in their relationship. You know, because I, I remember hearing a lot of common complaints about this thing. It's like, well, you had them fighting each other and they didn't even really know each other. Like, that's the point. At that point, you didn't establish a relationship, and that's exactly the point. Oh, and I love this scene as yeah. his powers are slowly coming back. <laughs> right. And that, and that gauntlet starts to yep. smash. His face up. isn't moving anymore. Now he's like, uh-oh. And there were a few different takes about how some of this action happened that are out there. Dun, dun, dun. So, and he, I love this too. Like now that Superman's kind of getting the edge, his music's cranking in. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm sorry, but these wide eyes and his mask. <laughs> It's not just the white eyes. It's like the glowing white eyes. The glow, yeah, because it's like they're illuminated. Yeah. Got him again. And then right now, when they get completely smashed up. Yeah. And I always love joking. He he threw everything at Superman, <laughs> even the kitchen sink. Yeah. <laughs> kind of subtle, subtle humor. This fight was pretty brutal. Oh my god! It, you just want to cringe every yeah. time, especially. Where he decides to just pick him up and drag him. And then, of course, you get that quick little who watches the Watchmen right. in Latin yeah. right there. <laughs> of course. He's like, I'm not done. I love the reveal here that if you look at the four columns that will frame yeah. this upcoming shot, it says it says Zach yeah. on it. Yeah. Z A on the left and C K on the right. Right. Another great line taken from Dark Knight Returns. Right. And the modulator is, the voice modulator in the microphone is shortened out while he's talking. Yeah. God, 
he is so gone. Bruce is just so gone at this moment. And and I and I had a conversation literally today about the Martha moment mm-hmm. and about just like trying to just reason with someone about let yeah. me tell you why the Martha moment is awesome. Yeah. It almost kind of feels like people kind of, you know, the people that wanted to find a way to hate this movie rallied on that moment. They they just purposely wanted to misunderstand it. Or or, or I even had the conversation I was having today was this particular person had only seen the theatrical cut and he complained about the editing, which I could understand sure. now. Yeah. And he said, I wasn't invested enough to pay attention to the scene. So that's another point is that if, if you don't if you're not into this movie, you're not gonna be ready for the depth of this scene. Yeah. And I had one of those moments watching the movie theatrically going, yep, their mothers had the same name. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things where it's like, you know, I've always known they've had the same name, but I never really put together like, oh my God, they have the same name. And and I don't understand how you can look at this scene and just boil it down to, oh, their mothers have the same name and they're best friends. No. no. He's showing look at you. What's on, look at this. Look at what's going through. Batman's head right now. That triggered all kinds of PTSD. That triggered the last thing he ever heard his father say. (laughs) And I've always interpreted this that this is Batman realizing he's become the very thing he became Batman to stop. Right. Look at this performance that Ben Affleck is giving right now. Yeah. It's, this he's is like the first time he saw Superman as human. Well, it's also the first time I think he's truly seeing what he's become. Right. He's seen that Superman is human, and he's seen that he's become everything he's A been monster. fighting against. Yes. Yeah. Okay, I so wish that trailer hadn't spoiled Doomsday. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I know, I know. It was exciting at the time in the trailer reveal, but at the same time, like, can you imagine if that had been completely revealed in the film? Well, it was one of those things where it was cool to see it in the trailer, but then you saw it in the movie and you're like, well, crap, I know what's happening. You know, I'm sorry, but I kind of ultimately blame these, like, these bloggers that wanted to spoil things. It, it just gets under my skin. you got to remember, is Umberto Gonzalez that is the first one that came out and blabbed about it and made it, made it known that Doomsday was going to be in the film. And I kind of wonder if maybe that's why they didn't go ahead and choose to show that in the trailer. I love this shot of him just subtly taking off. Yeah. 
Zach's always done really well with him showing showing him flying. Okay, Scott, here we come. But I love that extra line of dialogue there of the, I don't deserve you, Alfred. No, yeah. sir, you don't. <laughs> it's perfectly Alfred. They nailed Alfred in this film. And it just subtly gives you a little bit of exposition of where Batman, how Batman knew where to go. Right. Because he explains that, you know, he still is locked on to Kanaizev's phone. Right. <laughs> I have to prepare it myself. <laughs> oh, here it comes. For anyone who is a Batman fan. This scene tier two. And it's clear here too. I mean, at this point in time, Batman has full realization of just what they're up against. And it's only going to get worse. I love this bat wing. I love the sound. I love the way it looks. Oh, I love this commencing drone mode. <laughs> oh, I just love, I love <laughs> Alfred taking con- remote yep. control. <laughs> I don't know. I drop you off on the second. This is also <laughs> another scene that I wish they hadn't shown so much in that right. last trailer. Right. Right. They were trying way too hard to, convince people and they gave away way too much of the Martha rescue and of course this is one of the greatest Batman entrance scenes of all time like crashing through that window something you see in the comics all the time okay listen to the score here oh the tension yep it's palpable and then he comes in through the floor yep of course he does just so Batman these guys are in big trouble (laughs) and this in the ultimate edition this is even more brutal yes we get a batarang yep he's got everything planned out <laughs> the guy's hanging upside down, kicks him through the air to knock out the other guy. It's, and it, my favorite move is about to come up. Yep. Let's see. And boom! Yeah, yep. buddy. <laughs> and then he whips that crate, knocks that other guy out with a big blood smear on the wall. God. I. I, I Love catching the sparks flying yeah. from the knives. Well, and especially that that scene where he's battling four guys at once. This is so this is choreographed so incredibly well. Richard Citrone <laughs> just like yeah. outdid himself. He was on point with this one. <laughs> the bone crunching sounds is always great to hear. No caps, darling. No caps. Yeah. 
one guy got a lucky shot in. Here's your knife back. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is yours. <laughs> I mean... See, that's a Batman I would crap my pants he was, if I ran into. He's absolutely terrifying. More terrifying than any depiction we've ever seen. He really is. Okay, this is... Right from the comic oh, books. God. And that saw, that, that gun. Yeah. <laughs> I'll kill her. I love his Russian accent. I'm <laughs> <Yeah>. sorry. <laughs> of course, he knows exactly what to do. Best laugh in the entire movie. <laughs> See, that's how you do a really yeah. nice little job of humor right there. Yeah. It was at the right moment. Well, especially, it, it was a great, it was a great release after yes. the <laughs> awesomeness we just saw. So one of the few mistakes Lois has actually made. I, I love the fact that Lex Luthor has an egg timer. I know, isn't it? Isn't it <laughs> great? <laughs> Another great line that we can knew was coming from the trailer. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Again, this park, I just love the design of it. Especially the fact that the scout ship, you know, crashed in that same area. It's all in that Ex one area. Well, it's that scene at the end of Man of Steel where it's that entire portion of the city which is completely... right obliterated by the world engine. Mm -hmm. I mean, in all seriousness, if, if we hadn't seen any of this until the film, I mean, a whole line, your doomsday. <sighs> I would have just lost my crap. Yeah. I will say that the CGI is not bad. I know that some people have a problem with the design, mm -hmm. but the CGI is on point. 
I thought the CGI was really good, actually, except for there's one sequence where um, a little bit it's coming up. I'll point it out when we get to it. But I, I just felt like the CGI just wasn't quite right. I just love how Superman stops, yeah. like, saves Luther right there. Right. True Superman moment. Boom. Okay. So a great moment. Obviously, he gets crashed down into his own memorial. Which Zach made use of in the next film as well. Okay, I will say this about Doomsday. I, I The one thing I wish they would have done, and I'm not sure why they didn't quite take it there, but I kind of wanted, you know, I wanted the bone spikes kind of coming out of his shoulders and his arms well it gets there it's an evolution it, right it ne- and it never finishes because it just never finishes right well i wish it would have gotten her a little quicker then you know i wish they we could have seen the full doomsday in all of his glory So it is another great thing. Like, he gets knocked into the top of a building. Of course, it's the LexCorp building. Just continues to kind of tie everything together. You know, I will say this. You know, a lot of times when they kind of roll in real things, like, you know, in this case, they're using news organization CNN, it actually was pretty seamless. I thought so, too. Yeah. A lot of times it's not. Especially since they were all Time Warner at the time, all Time Warner companies. Right. <laughs> but a lot of times it's not, and they actually did a really good job on it. Okay, now this is just the beginning of the, <laughs> let's make sure that we emphasize how there's <laughs> nobody around. Yes. Yeah, that was a little. that was a little obnoxious completely driven by just the ridiculousness of people and their reaction to Man of Steel. Man of Steel, yeah, I know. I always wanted to believe that this explosion stuff that Doomsday does... Yeah. was somewhat influenced by the solar flare the power comic. that Superman had gained in the comic right. like so recently. Yeah, it was timing wise, it was it was it was right around that time frame that it could have easily been um, you know, seen by the writers and and just incorporated. <laughs> and I just love that set a little Miss Prince. Yeah. Very King Kongish. Yes. And look, there's Superman taking mm-hmm. him to space. Yep. Again. Okay, so I'm still trying to figure out is is Stanwick, is he Martian Manhunter right now? <laughs> or is that something that comes later? Well, I mean, he's Martian Manhunter. What, what do you mean it comes later? How would he come later? You think he replaced him? 
I, I don't know. Like, I'm just, I'm, I'm just positing the question. I see. Okay, I see where you're going. I don't know. I mean, I kind of feel like he was always the plan. Oh, I, I'm not, I'm not denying that. Yeah. I, I just also love the subtleness that every time he punches Doomsday, it just glows. Like that's just adding energy, right, to him, or. Yeah. Or, or that's, or the glow is like he's instantly healing from the hit. Yeah. <laughs> I still love the Batwing. And the visual of the nuclear explosion in the sky is just so haunting. Yeah, it is. Thank you. Thank you for yes. letting me know that the that the <laughs> island is uninhabited. I appreciate that. Uh those are that and the 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 CNN one on the airline. Those are the two that I'm like, okay. I wish no, the, uh, the CNN one edition. I'm okay with. That that one I can deal with. It's the it's this one and us you know emphasizing the Gotham port has been abandoned. That right. will come later. Okay. It's like, okay. Thank yeah, there was just There were 3 of them. That was There was one. 3 of them. <laughs> we'll give you one. You can't have 3. See there, there you go. The, you're getting some bones now, too. Yes. Are you happy? I want. I just wanted it. I wanted it to advance a little further before he died. But okay, this is where I feel like some of the CGI was just a little bit off. And of course, I knew what was coming with this. Sure. Oh. It it is legit creepy looking. It really is. Emaciated. A lot of exposition. The scene... With Batman flying past. He's just like, man, I am way out of my element right now. And I always loved the... I always thought it was incredible that the heat vision is even coming out of Doomsday's mouth. Yes. (laughs) Now, is that the one and only time they call it kryptonite in the entire movie? Is it the one and only time? Yeah, it's never referred to as kryptonite. And okay. I feel like that's the only time. Hmm. So I'm like, so did Batman name it? <laughs> if hmm. I was going to offer any kind of criticism, it's th- it was that. It was like, where did that name come from? Because that's the only time you call <laughs> it kryptonite in this uh, entire movie. That never occurred to me. But I think you're right. Okay. He's in trouble now. Oh, yeah, he is. I also love how Doomsday doesn't exactly fly. It's kind of that leaping tall buildings with a single bound. Very much in line with the, you know, Superman's origin. He kind of looks like Steve Martin here a little bit. 
Oh my God, I never realized that. But now that you say that, you are so right. I am so sorry I did that to you. Don't, I hate you now. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry, but this leads to one of my favorite Batman scenes in this film. Oh God, yes. Another scene I wish hadn't been ruined by the trailers. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, when that thing kicked in, I remember throwing my arms okay. up in the theaters and <laughs> the, yelling. The crowd just went up. Went wild. Yeah. This was, I'm sorry, but this was a fantastic entrance reveal of Wonder Woman. I remember when I saw it for my second time with my wife, my wife lost her crap. Yeah. <laughs> Going back to that scene when Batman's uh, Batwing crashed, I'm sorry, but hearing Batman say, oh shit, there was just something very special about that to me. <laughs> oh shit. Now this feels very like Superman 1998. You mean 1978? Or 78, yeah. I mean, the, the kryptonite down in the bottom of Lex Luthor's pool. Yes. <laughs> this scene yeah and then the money shot with the trinity (laughs) absolutely yeah and i love the fact that like in a batman v superman film they put wonder woman out front absolutely yeah she's 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 on point she's on point it was the i mean literally it was the perfect choice it was exactly the right decision to do that And this is the point of the movie where Batman pretty much disappears because what the <laughs> hell is he going to do? <laughs> Especially we're going to see a scene coming up where all this battle's going on and it just shows him watching. <laughs> oh, the signature Zack Snyder shot? Yes, I, yes. Yes. Oh, I love here that. we go. Wonder Woman. Yep. Yes. I love her shield was uh, glowing from all that impact. And here we go. Oh, and she's one bad mofo. <laughs> yeah. You notice, like, when she strikes him with that shield, like, he's glowing red from the impact. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because, I, I and once again, it's, I think it's the idea that that's, right. that's the energy immediately healing him. Yeah. She just kind of chops that car in half. There's the and here's that shot. <laughs> yeah, Batman going. I can do absolutely um, diddly right now. I'm just gonna be over here giving you guys moral support. <laughs> oh, that look she gives when she gets knocked back. She's like, okay, we're yep. just getting started. <laughs> it's on now.
Now this shot is yeah, art. This is beautiful. This really is a piece of art. I mean, what you know, what the special effects team did to comp, you know, to compose this shot and put it together. It's it's super beautiful. Classic Superman. Oh, absolutely. Like he's able to discern all the other chaos that he's obviously hearing, and but he can, he can hear Lois. And he, he'll stop the fight to go save right. her. She's his world. He does love her, doesn't he? Absolutely. It's shown so well. Find a man who'll look at you the way Henry Cavill looks at Amy Adams. (laughs) (laughs) I just just love that shot of... Yeah. (laughs) Batman's like, I'm out of here. (laughs) A great shot from The Dark Knight Returns. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I always love the idea of, like, hey, finally we have a Batman. He's using a grappling gun to, yeah. you know, right. zip around. I mean, he's doing everything he could possibly do here to even stay alive. And, you know, I, I like the idea that Zack was even, like, he, he wasn't, like, trying to, you know, try to work his way around it. Like, he was making it abundantly clear, like, Batman really couldn't do much at this moment. Batman has no business in yep. this fight. No. Because if he would have tried to do something that was just like kind of jump in a shark with, you know, Batman hit him with a boomerang or something like that, you know, a battering, and it would have just been like, okay, come on now. I, I love how right now Henry's got the little, he's got the little uh, curly cue. Yes. Oh, that 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 smile on Gaul's face right then is yep. just kind of like, oh yeah, like this is the thing that kind of woke her out of her like hibernation. And I want to thank Wonder Woman for killing Superman. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> the this music. scene. We're talking, so I'm not going to be able to fully immerse myself in it, but yeah. this scene makes me cry, man tears, yeah. every time. The track is called You Are My World. Yeah. I love listening to this track. <sighs> and this is the moment, because you had it spoiled for you, but yes. this was the moment when I went, Yeah, they're going to kill him. Mm-hmm. Guys, listen to the score here. Thank you, Batman, for finally contributing. (laughs) He's in such pain right now. He knows this. this is it. This is what he has to do. That still hurts. It does. My oh, gosh. That was a bit shocking. 
the and then music. seeing what he does here where oh he pulls the Excalibur move of where he pulls it even deeper so he can deeper so that he can get uh, which is totally the scene with Mordred and Arthur yeah. at the end of Excalibur yeah again the score just listen to this This is really telling, considering the the photo we just got today. Yes, <laughs> on, on on Vero. It really is. Yep. Sorry to be dating this commentary, but <laughs> honestly, <laughs> Zack Snyder revealed a photo, uh, basically this, for something that was going to be used in Justice League. I got to tell you the the whole thing where you know Doomsday collapsed down, had Superman in his grip, the arm kind of flings down and just collapses down to the ground. It was just like it, with a lifeless Superman was was really tough to watch. Oh, and this, I mean. Can we not have enough references to how this is like the crucifixion of Christ? <laughs> right. There's even crosses in the background. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm fine with it. I'm not saying I have a problem with it. I'm just saying. That's a staple now at this point. Oh, absolutely. When it comes to Superman. I mean, a little bit of a continuity error there. He doesn't have the cut on his face. I always feel like Gaul's remember Wonder Woman's remembering Steve. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, this scene is just breaking me right now. And if you remember, this was the first image we had gotten of Batman. In the suit. In a suit. Aside from that teaser image. God. And there's, you know, there's the two crosses yeah. to indicate two more. Yes. Two more deaths. Two more to come. Oh, Yes. Mm-hmm. The communion scene yeah. that got dropped on YouTube yeah. the weekend, the, like the Monday after opening weekend. You kind of feel like this was Zach once again saying, "Like you didn't get a chance to see what I really wanted to show you." So I'm, so I'm going to make sure you get to see it. Much like what he's been doing with Justice League, yeah. Oh my god! And I was just like, "Mother boxes, Steppenwolf." Because we don't need in-credit scenes. We just put nah. them in the movie. <laughs> right. God, and that gook is even more disgusting. <sighs> and yes, I'm the goat. I'm going to film them buzzing Jesse Eisenberg's <laughs> hair with an IMAX camera. Right. <laughs> and Jesse Eisenberg said that was one of the most terrifying things he's ever done. 
Really? I didn't. I didn't. I hadn't heard that. Again, a classic Superman shot. Pulling out a headline. Lois Herlane wrote the story. Yep. I love this extended sequence in the Ultimate Edition. Yeah. That's the just like how Metropolis has just shut down. Shut down. Like it, it genuinely shows you that like everybody had to take a pause and stop. Like life will go on, but not yet. We are we are all in mourning, and then of course you get the uh, allusion to Kennedy's assassination right there. Yes. Yep. But it goes to show. I mean, like so, the Daily Planet's completely evacuated. It's empty. And there's a reason. Because they're all here. Or at least a lot of them. It, it, was that Deborah Snyder right there? Uh, you know, that kind of looked like her. I know. I never, I, I'm going to have to Google that and see if that was. There's Pete yeah. and the priest from Man of Steel. Right. They were in the credits in the theatrical release, but we didn't quite see him. I mean, I think they were in a procession, but you you couldn't have really seen him. Lana's in the credits, too. I don't think I've ever spotted her yet. Hmm. I'm not even sure what she would look like now. I guess maybe probably similar. Because Pete was the same character. Mm-hmm. Well, we never saw an adult Lana in Man of Steel. No. Yeah, I guess you're right. We, yeah, we didn't see an adult Lana. Oh, yeah. Just go ahead and tear me up even more <laughs> than you already have. <laughs> That's true. That is true. I'm already down, <laughs> and you're just kicking me in the gut at this point. Oh, by the way, this is what could have been. Thanks for coming. But you know what? I also love how that's very true to the comics because the wedding was interrupted right. by the death and return of Superman. Right. Yeah, I mean, there's so many callbacks and so many things pulled right from the comics. There's, uh, And we even said it, there's, there's things pulled from Superman 1978. But, like, but the death and return of Superman was like my... Like my childhood era, like when that I think your of Superman, Superman. As a that was my Superman, yeah. was that Dan Jurgens era. Well, that was mine too. Uh, of course, the one jet flying off. I mean, it's just. Anyone who's been involved in any kind of military funeral yeah. is very aware. You get this, yeah. Solana's in here somewhere, I think. Yeah. Oh, there she is. No, wait, that was Jenny Jerwich. Yeah, I was going to say, that was Jenny. Uh, she must be in here somewhere. 
but all these Washington funeral. Oh, scenes, that's Washington. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. not there. I was thinking is, that was Smallville. The Washington scenes just remind me of Kennedy's funeral. It does, yeah. And that was done to distract away from, you know, obviously the real funeral. Scott, what's the name of that? What's the name of that music? Amazing Grace. That is that is Amazing Grace. That's am- yeah. Amazing okay. Grace. Okay. How sweet. I was yeah. thinking it was like a variation uh, used for funerals, but oh no no you you play you play Amazing Grace on bagpipes. Okay. Yeah. No, that's not the priest from Man of Steel. No, it is. Is it the same one? It's the same one. Okay. I thought he looked a little bit different. Of course. I mean, it was a perfect line, too, because like it's obvious who did it, right? Right. And then everything kind of goes away and there's Bruce off in the background. Yeah. If anyone was curious, the priest was quoting Isaiah 26, 19. See, in this whole conversation between these two, yeah, that is what I really, I look forward to eventually seeing how that really played out. Yeah, right. I know you had a problem with this. Well, I didn't have a problem with it. It's just... You said it wasn't too inconsistent. Well, it's not inconsistent until Wonder Woman came out. And they kind of came out and said that they decided they were already making some adjustments at that point. Yeah. I'll still be interested to see what happens when Wonder Woman 1984 comes out. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing too. Like this, this funeral right here has one of the great sayings that I quote all the time now. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I don't know. It was did that originate in this film, or was that a callback from the comics? I don't think that. I don't remember it being from the comics. I don't remember it being from the comics either.
So he's he knows that vision he saw is real. Action Comics, 1940. Yeah, I know, exactly. I'm sorry, but he... He looks like Lex Luthor. <laughs> yeah. By the way, that saying is actually a paraphrase of Christopher Wren, who on his on his epitaph says, if you would seek my monument, look around you. Okay. <laughs> you gotta love Batman <laughs> shot right there. <laughs> And a look on Lex's face. <laughs> God, I love that call out to Arkham. They're expecting and the look you. on Lex Luthor's face where he goes, "Oh crap!" Yeah, it's like I didn't quite calculate this. Again, another line that's been quoted consistently since this film. And of course, this scene is just like without the communion scene. Yeah, where it it was forcing fans who knew what parademons were right <laughs> to have any sense of what's going on. Yeah. I love the scene. The FBI coming in and just documenting everything. Just the visuals that they've done, like these long shots, you know, of Bruce Wayne. You know what? Been really powerful. I just now spotted that he's being buried next to Jonathan. Yeah. I, I never noticed Jonathan's headstone before. Yeah. Oh, what a great shot. Yeah. I mean, nobody tops Zack Snyder, you know, with his, you know, in this case, Larry Fong. I mean, nobody tops, like, these shots, the way a lot of these things are composed. The simple thing of her dropping dirt is just framed so beautifully. It's focused, you know, 
the way it's focused so that it's a little bit out of focus in the background, like this one. And I love spotting this. Yeah. So subtle. Yeah. It was just enough, like, you know, everyone knows Superman's not going to be dead forever. And it was just like, yeah. We know. We know. We know you know. Yeah. But I know some people didn't even notice the dirt move. Yeah. And I'm just like. It's real subtle. It's real subtle. If you glance away just for a moment, you're going to miss it. Oh, gosh. This film Such is so good. Such a good movie. Yeah. And it's not just the, you know, the the visuals are just completely stunning in here, but just the complexities of, like, what, you know, what they're putting Clark through. You know, having Bruce Wayne, Batman, at, at this point in his career, where, like, he's in a very bad spot, right? And we got to kind of start off with that. That was just so... Interesting. It was such interesting cinema to watch and just see, you know, the the way Ben Affleck got to kind of act out these scenes with him. It was just a it was a Batman we haven't really seen. I mean, I think Christian Bale's Batman in the third film uh, kind of touched on it a little bit, but not like this. Like not this, like this. At this all. was a weary, war torn. Not really sure. You know, you could just tell he's like not really sure. Is like, is this even mattering? And uh, it just made this such. A joy to watch. I love Lex Luthor. What Jesse Eisenberg did, I thought was great. Just all the whole cast of characters, I thought were fantastic throughout this film. I just love the fact that the credits even list them as Aquaman, Cyborg. Yeah. <laughs> Patrick Wilson is the president. I always forget about that. <laughs> you, oh, I, see, I don't. I don't forget yeah. about the fact that Patrick Wilson was the voice of the president. Yeah. Before getting a promotion to be, you know, the master of the ocean. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So, I mean, how's this film being received nowadays? I mean, it's been, you know, it's been a few years. The problem I feel like is is that when people actually go back and watch, if people go back and give it a chance, especially if they come back and actually watch the Ultimate Edition, mm-hmm. I feel like it helps. I, the problem is I feel like we still have way too many people. I hear people have a conversation, and the problem is people are still listening to other people Yeah, who maybe only saw it once and only saw the theatrical version. And they just keep on regurgitating the same cliche criticisms that we've heard for the last three years. And then what it does is then it keeps someone from watching it because we're still dealing with that frustration of you're not bothering to, A, watch it for yourself. Yeah. And then, B, let's be honest, if you want to watch the Ultimate Edition, you have to buy it because... If whenever it shows on television or on HBO or anything like that, it's always the theatrical cut. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, it's a shame. I mean, I mean, let's be clear. This is a film made for you and I. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, this is this is exactly in our wheelhouse. And the thing is, like, you know, I realize a, a film that has a lot of really challenging themes being played out is not for everybody. But it's just like I, you know. Remember that old commercial, if I could buy the world a Coke? 
know? yes it, it's kind of like it, if i could just like if i could just get everybody to watch this film i i just feel like if i can if i can like have this thing watch it with them and kind of talk them through it like just you know i feel like i can let them know what an amazing film this thing is and it's just it's like it's what a rarity a film like this it really is because you know are there ever are, are there ever are, are there any other films uh even in the dc you know in the dc films uh arena like the dceu is there anything else that really kind of comes close to this no not yet not yet i mean man of steel had a lot of great themes being played out but like you know let's look at wonder woman let's look at aquaman let's look at shazam they're fine films right but nothing this challenging oh absolutely not no not at all so i don't know i mean this was the last movie that i you know when i talk about how i go like nutso when it comes to like i buy the soundtrack i buy it digitally i buy it physically I yeah buy the di- like i I bought the digital copy of this movie knowing full well that in two to three weeks I was going to go and buy like at least two to three different Blu-ray versions of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> and this has been the last film that inspired me to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then here we go. It's like a book ending with this theme. I mean, seriously, this this theme right here, like, almost brings a tear to my eye every time I hear it because, like, I I've got it so tied to the visuals of you know, you know, of the Waynes, you know, their last moments on this earth, and the pain and anguish, you know, that that Bruce is feeling. Like, it's just amazing how this this music can help, kind of like it, kind of like push your your feelings and your emotions in a certain direction really align them with like what we're they're trying to show visually in this film. It's just it's incredible how like everyone has like their favorite track. Yeah. Like what's the one what's the go-to track? I mean, I've as I mentioned throughout the the movie, like I will always listen to Red Capes Are Coming. Mm-hmm. I will of course always listen to Issue with You. I actually hear it almost every day because it's my wife's ringtone. Yeah. Every time my wife calls me. <laughs> so, actually I was even playing Issue with You. Uh, j- just on my iPad, playing it off of my Apple Music account, and my and my son even went, "Daddy, your phone's ringing." <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, it's not. Yeah. And then, uh, of course, like I said before, when you get to the "You Are My World," and I just want to cry like a little baby. Yeah. No, this is. Uh, I mean, just all the tracks. I, I've. Uh, you can't wear out digital, but like if you could, I would have worn this digital out because I've listened to this thing so many times. You know, I, I drive two hours a day <laughs> for my job uh, to get there and back, and so like I've listened to the soundtrack so many times, and it has never gotten old to me. Oh, never, never. This is this is not something that does get old. It's something that you want to play over and over again. Yeah, it's it's powerful. It's absolutely powerful. That's why I just see this film as being such a complete film. It, it's like, it's it checks the box on everything that I want. I know, right? It really does. And to this day, it just still angers me that, you know, this thing's at 27% on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, what a piece of crap that is. I'm sorry. <laughs> it is not, it is not a bad film. No. It may not be... 
you know, it may not be exactly what you want to see when it comes to your depictions of Batman and Superman. It is not a bad film. Well, it's also 27% on the theatrical cut. Right, right. And that's the end. That's a movie. <laughs> that is that, a movie. That is a movie. Oh, I'm so, I'm so glad we got to do this. Yeah, yeah. We've, you know, I think you and I have only ever watched one film together, which was uh, part of Man of Steel, because you were a little bit late to that one. <laughs> I was a little late to the party. That is that is true. You're a little late to the party. Yeah, but uh, it's so great to revisit this film. I mean, I've seen it. I've seen it so many times, but like. It's actually been a little while since I've sat down and watched it all the way through again. I've watched bits and pieces of it. The last time I watched it, I think, was two years ago on Father's Day when I did that back-to-back viewing right. of Man of Steel yeah. and a Batman v Superman. I th- and I'm trying to remember... Oh, yeah, two years ago. So that was me getting... That was the June before the November. <laughs> right. <laughs> ah, the November. But this is uh, this is a fantastic film. I mean, you know, we've been doing our other show, Squadcast Movies, uh, for uh, Patreon, and, you know, We've got a film that we love. We've got a film, you know, that's that we've already uh, reviewed and ranked, and it's it's up there. It's going to be up there for quite a while. We've got a film that we've seen recently, Joker, that we've absolutely loved. Oh yeah, this absolutely. this film is right up there. Like, I mean, for the longest time, this was my number one film. I, I don't want to try to say that I have a number one film anymore. I've got like two or three films that are just absolutely beloved to me when it comes to like comic book films, and this is clearly in that group. No, oh, it, it's, it's it a, is. I I still say it's my favorite comic book movie. I yeah, do. it like you said, it checks saw my box it's it is definitely my favorite superhero film yeah that that one i could say without a doubt all right guys well that's our commentary for <laughs> batman v superman dawn of justice ultimate edition that is it we hope you've enjoyed it we gave it to you you yes. can you can be <laughs> quiet now it has happened and you know one thing that's kind of funny scott like both you and i were just in awe at certain points in this film i was just realizing that both of us were silent for quite a while <laughs> i know <laughs> you better be actually watching the movie with this because we just stopped talking and watch the movie I yeah know. i couldn't help it though I, I got so drawn in i just i at, there's some scenes that i just had to watch play out i, I didn't want to like i didn't want to just talk over them yeah. but yeah this has been fun man i hope you guys had fun we we love doing this uh hope you enjoyed it guys let us know what you think you know let us know if you actually sat down and watched this along with us we'd love to hear uh, some of your thoughts as well you can reach out to us at suicide Squadcast on twitter you can find me on twitter at alan fire you can find me at twitter at scott dc 27 and of course you can email the show at suicide squadcast at gmail.com we're also on vero facebook and of course the website for the entire squadcast media network at suicide squadcast Dot com. And of course, thank you to all of our patrons at www.patreon.com slash squadcastmedia. Guys, that's going to be it for this week's show. We want to remind all of our listeners to go out and keep reading DC. And of course, in honor of this weekend, hashtag release the Snyder Cut. Yes. <laughs> and watch BVS. My God. If you've got it this, if you've gone this far, you either watch it with us or you haven't watched it yet. We're encouraging you to go back and watch it. It is a fantastic film. Okay, guys. Have a good one. <laughs> See you. <ya>. Bye. <laughs>
27% is an absolute freaking atrocity of a number. <laughs> I don't know why that even exists. We already know how worthless you are, Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. But seriously, after what I just watched, no. No. 27%? No. 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 I mean, if there was ever anything in this entire world, that showed you just how flawed uh, a rating system was, or at least a site that tries to sit there and put a stamp of approval or disapproval on a movie, uh, this is one that should tell you that the system, whatever your algorithm is, Bull crap. is absolute crap. <laughs> so, Rotten Tomatoes. I'm sorry. We've probably blown you up before but you're still around so we're gonna do it again goodbye well here i am